Welcome to today's episode of EJ Sports Debates. I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Angie. Thank you for listening uh, so far. Hope you've enjoyed it. Today's topic uh, is going to be another fun one on the debate side of sports movies. We're going to and do an overrated, underrated, and top five. We will not go as long as our 30 for 31. Apologies to those that got bored. Jordan? Hey, everybody. Hope everyone's doing great today. Uh, so I'm going to kick this off with my uh, most overrated movie. Um, and my most overrated sports movie, in my opinion, is The Blind Side. So uh, number one, Sandra Bullock and her fake Southern accent. I, I can't. I just can't. Uh, number two, I watched that movie twice before I realized that the man in that movie is actually Tim McGraw. Yes, and that Tim man McGraw should, isn't it? That man should always have a mustache. So the idea of him shaving a mustache is just, yeah. Tim McGraw was, should always have a mustache. He was also in uh, Friday Night Lights. I see. N- n- never watched that show. but The movie, not uh, the show. And then, oh, okay. Either way, never watched them. Never could get into them. Though I do love Texas football. Uh, but more importantly, the movie, I don't know, Michael Orr was kind of a bust. <laughs> it, it, I mean, his story is amazing, but if you look at it, he was drafted in the first round. He did win a Super Bowl ring in 23 Ravens. Yes. So he's got a ring, so no disrespect to him on that. But I remember when he was coming out of college, he was hyped to be like the next premier left tackle. They were saying he was the next Orlando Pace, Jonathan Ogden. Jonathan Ogden, that's why he was drafted to the Ravens. And he just wasn't that. And he had injury issues later in his career. I know he finished his career with Carolina. Um, but just the movie as a whole, it's kind of long. I think it's over. I, I think it tries too hard. Uh, but yeah, not anything in that movie is Sandra Bullock's accent. Uh, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's a fake Southern accent. And Agreed. she overdoes it so bad. So coming out swinging on the blind side, love the story, hate everything about the movie though. My number one overrated. All right, no, that's a that's a good one. Uh, I get ripped for this uh, one almost the same as calling "It's a Wonderful Life" the most overrated Christmas movie. I'm going with Rudy. Ooh. Everyone loves that movie. I can't stand it. I think it's overrated. Sean Astin, obviously, it launched his career. Solid actor, but... And a great story, sort of like Michael Orr, but... I couldn't stand it. He's... He felt... It felt like it was a very entitled character that thinks he... A, I can play Notre Dame football, even though I'm five foot and weigh 100 pounds soaking wet. I can play linebacker for one of the most storied programs and college football history and he just cut it just he's a very whiny character and yeah he makes the tackle and gets carried off the field great story and the real Rudy he did do that but it wasn't in the game and later on got in trouble with the SEC not the football conference um so a little bit of things there but as far as the movie he was just a whiny character he I just felt too entitled <laughs> and he's talking to the janitor, the African-American janitor who played Notre Dame for Notre Dame. And then was talking about his hardships. I'm like, I'm thinking, dude, you've, your hardships are nothing compared to his. 
And just overall, I cannot stand that movie. It has nothing to do with the fact that you also despise Notre Dame, does it? No, not at all, actually. Okay, okay. I just wanted to kind of... I, I knew you were, were going to bring that up. Love um, that out there. I do think that uh, Not Another Teen Movie does a great spoof on that in a very graphic way <laughs> where they have the kid that's supposed to be like Rudy and he goes out to play receiver and, yeah, violence happens. Yeah, no, it's just... No, it has nothing to do with my hatred for Notre Dame in general. It's... I just can't stand that movie. Hey, man, I'm kind of with you on that one. Um I don't know if I would call it the most overrated, but it's not as good as people say it is. So it has a place in the overrated category for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. So you want me to go ahead and do my underrated now? Yeah. All right. So this movie came out last year and I, I am admittedly a nerdy little wrestling fan, but there is a killer movie that came out last year called fighting with my family. And it's the story of Paige the WWF wrestler Soraya, Soraya, if you watch her on Twitch, she's like the biggest Twitch streamer right now. Uh, but it was directed by a guy named Stephen Merchant, who for my comic book nerds out there played Caliban in the Logan movie. Yes, he did. And he's had a other couple of little movies uh, that he's been in. It's got Nick Frost, the, the, the fat guy from Shaun of the Dead, and Circe plays her mom. And it's, it's really funny. It's got some really funny moments in it with family dynamics. But it's also got a really amazing story about fitting in. And this is a girl who is not a model. She's not the stereotypical WWF wrestler. And it's her journey. And it's based on a real story. There are some characters in it. Vince Vaughn is actually in it, which he's actually in a movie I have coming up. Um, and he plays a coach, wrestling coach, which is also funny, but it also shows his serious side. And yeah, she and her brother were born to be wrestlers and she gets selected and he doesn't. And there's the dynamic of her fighting with her family. Um, this movie's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So take that as you will. It's got a 7.2 on IMDb. It's got good people. The Rock makes a couple of cameos in it. He does okay. a really funny promo. He cuts on them. And again, I know it's a wrestling movie, but it's not really a wrestling movie. It's really a movie about fighting a way to fit in dude and finding a way to belong which i think is something we can all relate to in some way form or fashion and it's her journey and she goes from this little dark haired punk looking girl from norwich to diva the first divas champion and she's a legend in wwe she's actually now in the process of trying to champion change and hopefully bring a union which is a, another topic for a wrestling podcast but yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, Funny With My Family, it's on Amazon Prime. It's like an hour and 45 minutes long. Check it out. Great movie. Funny moments, serious moments. Um, but yeah, that's my most underrated, at least the freshly in my mind, of uh, sports movies. Okay. No, I've never even heard of it. Like, I never even knew that such a movie exists. <laughs> um, so thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Check it out. Yeah, for mine, I'm going to go back about a little over 20 years ago. Mystery Alaska. Mystery Alaska is about a small town in Alaska that plays pond hockey religiously. And growing up in the Midwest, skating on a pond is always fun. You always need to get your skate sharpened after because that ice is so different than what hockey players are used to 
but yeah, virtually every hockey player that grows up in the Midwest at least plays pond hockey <laughs> or skates on a pond. And that's what they do. They're skating on a the river. They're a, just a team that does it. And somebody got out of their town, uh, played by Hank Azaria, and goes to New York, becomes a big magazine guy, and writes about writes about the mystery the mystery boys as they're called and then he comes in and comes back to the town and they get the new york rangers to do a televised exhibition game against uh against them Go rangers Woo-hoo. <laughs> hey it was yeah, jay roach directed it uh for those that aren't familiar he directed other movies such as meet the parents austin powers produced hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and borat <laughs> um so he's so is this more of a comedy movie is it a, i've never heard of this movie so you're now putting something it's a comedy sports drama one uh, okay. russell, russell russell crowe's in it uh, burt reynolds hank azaria like i said those are your three big names uh and yeah, this team tries to play against the rangers and of course there's drama along the way and they nearly beat the rangers and it puts this small alaskan town on the map and the in typical cliche movie fashion the the young kid signs a deal with the rangers and flies on the helicopter out to new york um, and then he joins Mark Messier on the 1994 Rangers Stanley Cup team, right? If no, we okay. had time travel because this was 1999. Oh, okay. Never mind. Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. I really, our one, well, I really have the one glory year the Rangers have had in the last 25 years, okay? <laughs> but overall, a great movie. Has its, as you said, has its moments of comedy, has its drama has its also just amazing movie very underrated and just a great movie if you haven't seen it highly recommend yeah it's it's actually i just added it to my watch list so nice. i'm gonna be probably watching it tonight to check it out nice all right so we'll go to the top five start with yes. number five right all right so i know top five lists are very subjective we kind of touched on this last week really quick but there's no criteria for me. These are movies that I just enjoy watching for one reason or another. Uh, so my number four, number five movie continues with a Vince Vaughn movie that I actually revisited today. And it still makes me laugh my pants off. And it's dodgeball. I could watch that movie every day for the rest of my life and still laugh. You're talking peak Vince Vaughn in his funny years. I think Dwight Goodman is Ben Steeler's best character, which the fans of Zoolander and heavyweights out there would probably argue with me on, but I don't care. Come it's, at a, me, bro. it's a combination of his role in heavyweights and the orderly in Happy Gilmore. Pretty much, pretty much. And I'm uh, everybody's seen Dodgeball. I feel pretty confident that you've seen that movie. But when you go back and watch it now, it's still funny. Uh, Rip Torn, rest in peace, passed away last year is still just this amazing that to me that's what does that movie you've got these two main characters that are hilarious but then all these side characters are just so funny 
from the Steve the Pirate bit that goes throughout the whole movie to uh, Owen and the chick, Mariska on Dwight's team. And, uh, you know, Gordon in his incredible rage to the, the cheerleader skit. It, it, those jokes just hold up. And that movie yeah. came out in 2006, four, 2006, 2004. And it still is funny. And that's the ultimate test to me is a movie that you know what jokes are coming. And every time Patches throws that wrench, I still laugh. You know, every time just along, incredibly underrated actor, yes. takes a ball to the face. I just laugh. And it's just one of those he movies, get, man. He gets right? beat up in that movie. He gets hit with wrenches. A car. And a car. Wait, was it him or was that Gordon that got hit by No, him? that was Gordon that gets hit with the car. Okay. But he does have the heavy throw land on his face, though. Yes. In the beginning of the movie. So he, but yeah, man, number five for me is dodgeball. If I ever want to put on a movie, which I guess arguably is a sports movie, it, it is. And here's the biggest thing, the Ocho. It, it did still. It did bring, bring the Ocho. It did bring the Ocho. And if anybody has not seen that, when ESPN has done it, it is some of the best television in the most ridiculous way possible. So, uh, yeah, number five for me, Dodgeball, peak Vince Vaughn, peak Ben Stiller's, amazing side characters. And just, man, I was watching this morning, and I'm telling you, dude, I was still just, I was peeing myself laughing. Like, that's how funny it was at 9 o'clock this morning. So, but that's, yeah, that's a, my number five. That's a good one. Uh, that's a, it is a hilarious movie. And for real, ESPN does need to actually make the full-time Ocho channel. Do they really do? And then they also need to get the one thing I want to see them do is I got to see Gary Oldman and Jason Bateman come back as uh, the two announcers. Gary Cole. Gary Cole, yeah, sorry. Gary Cole, not Gary Oldman. Oscar winner Gary Oldman. Um, But yeah, even those two guys are hilarious. There's not a character in the movie that isn't boring. That is true. Very good. Yeah, so this would, my top, my number five is probably very low ranking for a top five to a lot of people. And it's really what we need in society now. Remember the Titans. I really do love that movie. Great acting, great characters. Gave Trevor Lawrence the nickname Sunshine because of that movie. Sunshine Ronnie, Ronnie Sunshine Bass. Um, but Overall, the the message in the movie is fantastic. About the from the segregate desegregation of schools to overcoming each other's adversities and differences, and ultimately becoming a team that finished number two in the nation that year and had one of the most unbelievable stories obviously with everything going on race relations wise then and really now it's a it's a message in a movie that should always be seen and that is one of the biggest things about it uh, that that team had everyone knows from the gary gary bertier story uh was paralyzed in an accident ended up uh, winning multiple medals in the paralympics Oh, he was the star of that team. And that team's defense 
this is unreal. Outscored opponents 30, 357 to 45 all year. And yeah. And Bertier's stats that year, 142 tackles, 42 sacks. And he was named National Prep Football Player of the Year. Man, you could spot Atlanta lead on that team and they'd still lose. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they 13 and 0, nine shutouts, finished second best in the in the country. And yeah, a little different. The movie did sort of take some liberties with a car accident. In real life, it was after the season, not before the state title game. <laughs> um, so a little bit there, but Coach Boone and Coach Yost. Obviously, at the beginning, you're sort of seeing their button heads, and then all of a sudden, there's the the scene, and then at training camp when Bertier and Julius bond o- over the strong side, <laughs> right side scene, which is so great, and you just sort of see the smiles that develop on their faces and it brings the team together. And then to every now and then I'll watch the video of coach Yost's uh, speech to the defense when they, he doesn't want them to gain another yard. Dude, if that speech doesn't fire you up, you aren't human. You have, don't have a pulse. Yes. And yeah, not a great, great casting as well. Denzel Washington, Donald Faison, young, uh, young Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> um, she played Joe's daughter. Uh, Ryan Gosling, and Ryan Gosling's character. He still can't. He still can't cover anyone. He blew that game. <laughs> he blew that game. Let's just call it what it is. His dad's racist. He blew the game. Yes. Uh, but. So a, you know what's funny about us is that we're we're best friends and we know each other so well. And you just took all of my thunder for my number four movie. Oh. <laughs> but I expected that. Oh. So I knew you were gonna come at me with Remember the Titans at some point. So I was like, here's what I'm gonna do. Number Remember the Titans was my number one movie. Oh, fantastic. Forever. But I knocked it down number four recently because I found out how historically inaccurate that movie was. Yes, that's the, that's the big reason why I put it down to number five. Yeah. Um, you know, the movie shows race relations being tight at the school and in actuality that T.C. Williams team was already integrated five years before that. Yes. In fact, every team in the league was already integrated. So the Hollywoodization of the fact that there being this big struggle within that specific team. I'm not saying that didn't exist in those times because I know it did. It's just that it took like a piece of time from like five years before and conveniently planted in the movie. You mentioned the Gary Bertier accident happened after the game. After the season. After the season. Uh, Gary and Julius weren't best best friends. Right. They were friends. And Ned, Ned Yost did coach him to the Olympics. But they weren't best best friends. Um, Gary actually died pretty young. Yes. Too. So uh, Bill Yost, however, 
just died last year. Yes. At 94 years old. So whatever fountain of youth that man was dipping himself into, God bless him. So, but yeah, that movie, everything you said, absolutely. Denzel, I think it's probably his most underrated role or one of them. He just is amazing. And that's another one of those movies too, like the side characters make that movie. But then again, you could have given just a movie with Ned Yost and uh, Herman Boone. And I would have been completely happy with it. Yeah. Bill Yost. Yeah. Ned Yost is the baseball manager. Oh, yeah. Bill Yost. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on you. It's just, yeah, that was my number four movie. Was remember yeah. the Titans. And it okay. was beautiful, beautifully done movie. Um, Denzel is just so good, man. Yeah. There's just nothing that man can't do. And that movie, that's one of those movies. You walk away from it and you feel good. You feel inspired. You, you know, it's very relevant nowadays. You, you know, like you pointed out, that the race relations in this country and stuff like that. And that movie really shows that that was going on back then. And I think it's a exclamation point on the fact that 50 years ago, they were fighting for those rights and stuff like that. And they're still fighting for it now. So Absolutely. I'll leave it there. But that's... All right, so uh, since I took your number four, I'll, I'll just jump into my number four then. This one, one of my, it's just a, going the comedy route, just a classic movie, great, very quotable, Major League. I love that movie. Uh, Wesley, I'm Wesley, glad you mentioned it. Wesley Snipes, Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burnson, just Tom Barron. Tom Berger, just great, well, pretty well-known actors, and in the ultimate underdog role that owner wants the team to tank, tries to assemble the worst team ever so they can move to Miami, which is hilarious. Uh, it was sort of around the same time Marlins were about to get their team, so they didn't. Their, <laughs> yeah, so sort of that was written by. A guy from Cleveland that was a suffering Indians fan, so he sort of took the fan fantasy as well and made his team win, which we all want to do with our teams, <laughs> right? Not Drew Carey, right? Yeah, so want to do that, and it's just a it's very quotable. It's a team of misfits that you just it's so it's just a quotable movie, and sort of you see with dodgeball. You know what's coming. You know the jokes, but it still makes you laugh. Serrano, man, he makes that movie for me. Pedro Serrano, yeah. the, the Dennis, chicken, Dennis, Dennis Haysbert, and yeah, the, the Allstate guy from the Allstate ads. Yep, <laughs> and the movie also has, I think, one of the most missed marketing and real commercials that could have been accomplished. And it's the team, they're on the rise, and then they're behind home, standing behind home plate and tuxes. And it's an American Express ad. And American Express never really did continue on that or make that a real ad. Like, it's just a missed opportunity, I feel. <laughs> and the movie's just great. I mean, they have the, the whole storyline is 
you have the underdogs that are going against the the big bad Yankees and you can never Charlie Sheen's character Rick Vaughn can never get one guy out and top of the ninth finally comes in and blows him by blows his fastballs by him. <laughs> Terminator. Yes. If you hit um, it, you can rename it. Yeah, going with Major League Two on that one, um, which not a, obviously not as good, but they went full comedy with Major League Two then. The they had a good series out of those movies, though. I mean, definitely number two was a drop-off, and then number three was I Scott Bakula. Was... I refuse to acknowledge Back to the Miners. I, I don't hate Back to the Miners. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. That's that's a hot take, that I don't yes. hate Back to the Miners like yes. every other sports fan does. <laughs> exactly sorry yeah no that's uh yeah but major league just a just a fantastic movie and if there's people out there that haven't seen it what are you doing watch it you'll laugh and it's another sort of feel-good sports movie like a lot of these are all right so i'll go to my number three it's another disney movie and even though I don't like this team, this story is one of the most inspiring stories, and it's Invincible Oh, with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, the Vince Papali story, the man yes. who uh, was not a pro player. He played some in college, and the Eagles were so bad back in those days, and they held open tryouts with their new head coach, Dick Vermeil, played very greatly by Greg Kinnear. And yes, that movie hits me in so many different ways that I won't get into. But historically inaccurate, it's historically one of the most accurate movies. They actually got Vince Vapali during the making of the movie. So Mark Wahlberg worked and talked with Vince Vapali to make sure the things that were accurate were accurate, accurate. And the thing that struck me, I thought for sure this was like a completely made up thing was the note from his wife. And I, I wrote down the quote just because it strikes me as, I think, something we all have faced in life. If you haven't seen the movie, his wife leaves him and leaves him a note. And he keeps this note in his locker. And the note simply says, you'll never go anywhere. You'll never make a name for yourself. And you'll never make any money. I'm leaving you. And if that doesn't hit a core with people, the fact that, you know, the weight of your failure can cripple you to the point where you don't pursue your own dreams. And this man keeps this note in his locker, and he does it as a, I guess, inspiration to himself. But in actuality, he, it ends up pulling him back, and he doesn't. It's not until he gets rid of the note that he decides he's going to move on from it. And that movie is just, again, family. The scene in the mud where they play football outside, and just seeing that team struggle like they did. And I like the fact that. It's not about a team winning and overcoming odds. It's just about a guy getting a shot, doing something amazing. And he wasn't an all pro. He played five seasons in the NFL. And it was just, yeah. That movie to this day is just so beautifully done. Mark Wahlberg, which you'll see a theme here with Mark Wahlberg um, as well on my list. And he, uh, okay. Yeah. Invincible. Um, Great movie. Disney, for the historical inaccuracies they have in Remember the Titans, they got it right spot on. I just, Eagles are not, I hate the Eagles, but 
that movie inspires the living hell out of me. So go Invincible. Yeah, no, the story of Vince Papali is amazing and sort of like the writer of Major League. Mark Wahlberg lived it, the fan fantasy, like play for your hometown team. Yeah, he didn't have the Pro Bowl career or whatever. That's fine. Very few actually have that. But he was basically an average Joe that had that played and through the talent that he had and very strong work ethic ended up becoming a pretty pivotal part of their special teams. The very highly underrated part of football that people forget about is, you know, if you're not catching touchdowns and you're not sacking a quarterback or intercepting the ball, the only spot you have on an NFL team is on special teams. And he, yeah, that's a poly man all the way. All right. Very nice. And my number three goes sort of on that with a very spot on depiction of life in the minors. Bull Durham, Kevin Costner, pretty much like the key in a lot of sports movies, Tim Cup, Field of Dreams, but Bull Durham, <laughs> all star cast Kevin Costner, Robert Wall, Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon, and another very quotable movie. Uh, my dad and I quote that movie a lot, but it's such an accurate depiction of life in the minors that, I mean, there's scenes where they're in bad stadiums, they're schlepping their own bags, they're putting them in the bus, they're riding the bus. Slumbusters. And that's what they're, (laughs) that's what they do in in the minors. You don't fly to games, you're on a bus. You're carrying your own bags, you're just dragging through life and hoping you get called up to the show. And there's a great scene in there where they're on the bus and Costner's talking to Crash Davis. Uh, he's talking to Nuke, Tim Robbins' character, and oh, and starkly, Tim Robbins' character, Nuke Lelouch, says, "You've been to the majors. Is it? You've been to the show?" I was like, "Yeah, I've been to the show. Twenty-one greatest days of my life." And he goes into what it's like, and he br- and the players around him sort of gather around like he's this god at that point (laughs) that he's been to the majors he knows what it's like and it's life in the minors that's what it's about and the there's drama and great movie i think i've only seen that movie like four or five times in my entire life which as a baseball fan i probably should never admit but i'm gonna but I just remember Tim Robbins' character being my favorite part of the movie. Yes. No, it's a, you know, just a fantastic movie. Million dollar arm and a five cent head. Isn't that the line from that movie? Somewhere it's, along those lines. It was something like... Yeah, sort of in the same scene there um, on the bus. Yeah. And he goes... And Nuke's like, yeah, I got a Porsche already with a chronophonic blob pop and... <laughs> Crash Davis played by Costner goes, you don't, for Christ's sake, you don't need a Porsche with a whatever. What you need is a curveball. <laughs> and when you were a baby, the gods turned your arm, right arm into a thunderbolt. And 
there's just so many great quotes in that movie and as a baseball fan if you haven't seen it again what are you doing watch it uh very quotable very has its moments and it's just it is why it's in my top five too is because of the accuracy of it all right so i'll hit you with my number two movie and it's the one baseball movie on my list and as i'm looking at my list i kind of figure this is going to happen you're more of like the classics guy and i'm very much a creature in the moment so my number two movie i'm thinking you probably have it on your list too but it's probably our favorite movie to ever watch together is Moneyball. Uh, Brad Pitt, just, I mean, the guy's a god. Um, he plays Billy Bean perfectly. And, but my favorite character in the movie is the fictional character of Peter Brand, who's Jonah Williams' character. And he, Jonah Hill. And he, he's supposed to play this depiction of Paul D. Podesta, the real life version. But I, that movie has everything from the fact that I remember those A's teams from the early 2000s. It's got a very young, dashing Chris Pratt playing Scott Hatterberg. Scotty H, picking machine. And um, just that movie is everything about baseball that I love. It's got the underdog in it. It's got the analytics, which that team brought analytics to baseball. I mean, the analytics was a part of baseball, but it's the first time they ever went to things like war and use statistics like that to determine how to fill the team. Even though that team never fielded a championship team directly, they did kind of feel the championship team. And the reason I say that is had Billy Bean at the very end of the movie and in real life, not turned down the Red Sox, they would have never hired some young guy named Epstein may have heard of him. Uh, built a championship team also based off analytics and got Boston and the Chicago Cubs off the World Series tides. So fun fact, Billy Bean actually did help get Boston a title by not actually going to be their GM there. And uh, yeah, man, Moneyball, so many quotable lines and things in it. it the, the players, the guy that plays David Justice does a great job. They don't talk about like the steroid guys in it, which kind of bothers me a little bit. Like they don't talk about the fact that those teams had like I don't know Miguel Tejada monster and Miguel Tejada and Eric Chavez and Mark Mulder and Tim Hudson and Barry Zito. Barry Zito. So they they talk about how they overcame the odds, but they really ignore the fact in the movie that they had one of the best pitching staffs ever assembled. Was, so you sort of like I did with through. Mer- for the Titans to you, you just did it to me um, with Moneyball. So we're gotcha. just gonna we're just gonna line this up. Um, thankfully, it wasn't my number one though. But uh, so I can just go right into it. I Moneyball is just fantastic. Um, I remember we saw it in we saw it at the AMC Northlake, um, and yes, we did <laughs> memories. Yes, and we uh, just because our our love for the game and. Michael, it's based on the book by Michael Lewis, um, who wrote about it, and it is a it's a great read. If you haven't read it, definitely do it. But the they did a great job tying it in, um, and as you said, it's so it's also very quotable, well acted, well done movie, and yeah, it's just, I do agree. The whole point of the movie was the focus on how this team assembled 
to using advanced statistics and the whole get on base philosophy of the game and yeah didn't really focus that they had that pitching staff <laughs> that was ridiculously good and but, the the infield of doom on that left side just Chavez and Tejada yeah I don't nothing got uh, nothing could get by that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna ignore the all-stars that they did have right and we're gonna focus on guys like Jeremy Giambi <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy Giambi. Scott Hadbury, though, was a big part of that um, storyline, which I'm glad they put in. Uh, he was a catcher for, for the Red Sox for a while and ended up having permanent nerve damage in his throwing arm so he couldn't throw. And they had to convert him from a catcher to first base, which now is a very common move. Um, if you're a catcher or third baseman that's getting older, you're you're either going to be a DH or you're moving to first, <laughs> um, depending on what league you're in. And and they mentioned the Greek god of baseball in that movie. Yes, the Greek god of walks, the, Kevin Euclid. The Uke who helped bring Red Sox that title. Billy Bean knew what he yes. was doing. Yes, but uh, they uh, it's a, there's some side stories too, and it's such a one of my favorite quotes in the movie is sort of hidden. Is he is Billy Beans watching uh, the video with uh, with Peter or Peter Brand or Pete or De Podesta, whatever you want to call him? <laughs> is they're watching the movie, they're watching the vi- film of uh, somebody in their organization, low level, blanking on the name, the guy who's afraid to run to second. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't I'm, think of the I'm blanking name. on the name. No the scene. Yeah. And blanking on them blanking on the name, but you see him run and he and then there's a pause and he goes, He's about to do what he's about to overcome his fear of running to second. And as he makes the turn, he falls. And army crawls back to first. And they're laughing and the reason why they're laughing is because that ball left the yard <laughs> he launched it and he didn't know he hit a home run too funny it's a funny scene but it's followed by one of my favorite quotes in really any movie how can you not be romantic about baseball man that sums up our podcast i think from the beginning <laughs> and yeah and i'll probably and i'll dive into that later on in this episode as well but I want to touch on my number one movie. Go for it. Another Disney movie. with It did take some liberties, but it's the ultimate underdog. I'm talking Miracle. Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks was phenomenal in that movie. I feel should have got an Oscar nomination. I know it came out. I was going to ask, did he get an Oscar? Because he should have. No, he did not win for that. I don't even think he got nominated, which is a disgrace to this day. Because he play that role so perfectly and yeah and he just the guys the guys from from the u.s team 1980 team did see there's a scene in there where they're skating and they're when they stop they're spraying the snow on her brooks and they're laughing and her brooks is smiling that never happened her brooks would never allow them to do that <laughs> um and I mentioned in the of Miracles and Men segment on uh, my top 
five thirty for thirties was he took he that's where he gets it is he took the Soviet game and brought it to and attacked them with it, conditioned the guys to be there and that movie, I mean, that movie gets me at the end. Like when that countdown's going on and you're seeing and then all of a sudden the final sound goes. And what I think they did so well is in the countdown, it's actually the broadcast from Al Michaels. One of the, like the most classic it's calls best, of all best time. Call, best call in, in sports history. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I was going to go there, but I want to get to like... On no, the I'm, I'm going uh, into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, that uh, the best call of all time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that just the story is well done. Obviously, they take some liberties with 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 it, but just overall, it's just a well done movie and well acted. And yeah, again, if you haven't watched it, again, what are you doing with your life? Watch this movie. Okay, so when I was doing my list, I had Major League at number one at one point. Then I started thinking. Some of the best sports movies ever were about the sport of boxing. And I could go cliche and say Rambo, and I'm not going to. Not Rambo. Rocky. Rocky. And and, uh, and then it came down to either Cinderella Man or the one that I ultimately picked, which was The Fighter. Another Mark Wahlberg movie. Christian Bale and um, Mark Wahlberg. Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg. And interestingly enough, so that movie won Christian Bale a Best Supporting Academy Award. And won Melissa Leo a Best Supporting Actress Academy Award. Christian Bale, fun fact, was in between filming the Dark Knight movies. So you know, he didn't drop 62 pounds like he did for The Machinist. But he dropped 34 pounds in between him playing Batman and the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. And they put this movie in there in the middle. And that movie, the Mickey Ward story. Yeah. And... So it's an Academy-nominated film. It won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Movie at the ESPYs that year. It won a ton of awards in 2011. And it's just, it, it's that story kind of like with Fighting with the Family. It's this dichotomy of you've got a guy who, Mickey Ward, great fighter, really got to where he could peak at. And then in the last fight movie, one of them, he almost dies because his family won't properly train him and support him. And ultimately, he ends up dropping his family, getting another boxing coach, and ends up going on a run. And so this guy that's already an experienced fighter is now rising back to the top, which never happens. Typically in boxing, once you fall from the top, you're done. And he did it. And then again, Christian Bale playing his whacked-out crackhead brother, um, just amazing and it really just I, I could watch that movie repeatedly and there's different things about it amy adams is in it as an amazing character and it's just yeah that that movie it really it, it makes you want to get up and go fight somebody <laughs> like <laughs> pun, pun intended and um yes yeah christian bale dude i just to me he's the best part of the movie uh playing yes. well he, he played the corner man role and Drugged out brother very well. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, lost a little weight, but yeah, the fighter is my absolute. It was, it was. I was gonna go to Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man kind of bores me a little bit. So, uh, no offense to Russell Crowe, 
And or you could go with another boxing movie, Million Dollar Baby. Or you could go with an MMA movie and Warrior. All great fighting related movies, but I think the fighter is the one that puts it all together. I definitely agree with that. Great, great list. Um, I know we unintentionally again ran into some things, and I think we might be doing it with our final segment. It's cool. Our favorite, our favorite childhood sports movie. Right. The '90s were great for that. Go ahead. What do you got? I've, I've got the Little Giants. Okay. Okay. So we're not the same, but I did. I was torn between a few of them. Little Giants was. You were gonna go the Sandlot, right? I have to. I did go with the same. Okay, I figured. <laughs> so really quick. So you know that the scene same. in the Little Giants where they get the pro players? I finally had to look it up to see who those players were. Bruce Smith, Emmett Smith, Steve Entman. Steve Entman's the one that sticks out. <laughs> John Madden. Steve Entman could have been a Steve Entman could have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't blow out his Possibly, name. but in hindsight, you can look back at him and laugh. John Madden, Hall of Fame coach, Emmett Smith, arguably the greatest running back of all time. Save Bruce that for Smith. another one. Yeah. Okay. Bruce Smith, our, you know, Hall of Famer, defensive end. Tim Brown, Hall of Fame receiver. And then in my notes, I put dot, dot, dot. Steve Bentman? <laughs> no offense to the guy. He fit well in the movie. But uh, yeah, Little Giants, man. It, Rick Moranis versus Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy. You could argue, you could say that in a parallel universe, Al Bundy actually went on to be a successful football player and turned into Ed O'Neill's character in the movie. Um, it feels it's a, weird. As it's a, a good point. That's that's a good one. Yeah, it, it, it feels weird rooting against the Cowboys. Though I will say, they pulled out those sick Dallas Cowboys jerseys with the stars on the on the shoulders. My favorite Cowboys jersey of all time are those jerseys. Um. And yeah, Little Giants, so many lines. To this day, you and I both quote that movie with each other. <laughs> yeah, me, me and some coworkers in Chicago did that. We actually named our team when I was a team lead um, working in athletic recruiting. We named our team the Little Giants. Such a funny movie. Because man. we all, I mean, because we loved it. And that was, yeah, we quoted it all the time. Yeah, I, I had to go Little Giants. I figured you were going to go Sandlot. And then Little Giants popped in my head. And honestly, I probably watched Little Giants more as a kid than I did the Sandlot anyway. But, yeah. No, same here. I mean, Little Giants, I feel I can watch more than I can watch the Sandlot. But the Sandlot, though, was it's everything that is childhood. It's, as I said, they never kept score. It was just nine friends playing the game they love and again very quotable movie as well from our childhood and james earl jones as mr myrtle um with the beast squints over wendy peppercorn (laughs) wendy peppercorn that's the fake drowning scene (laughs) wendy peppercorn my god (laughs) um that yeah which that scene did not age well um but yeah it's it's a little me too friendly nowadays but yeah, i think did not age well but care. the movie the movie overall is just great and you have the mythical tale of the beast you have the the babe ruth baseball and small finally realizes that the colossus is a cloud the 
great Bambino oh. is <laughs> is Babe Ruth. Ham Porter, man. Yes. The great Bambino. And yeah, there's just so many great lines and Ham Porter delivers it perfectly. Delivers most of them. The scene where they're playing the real Little League kids from the rich side of town, basically. Oh, just talking so much shit to these guys. Savagely, too. Like, I mean, he says he plays ball like a girl, dude. And mind you, a, nowadays, a line, a line that's offensive. That, a, a line that, yeah, a line that cannot be delivered today, but even you when know, yeah, that's kid, offensive nowadays. Even when but... we were kids, you say that. <laughs> you said that it was yeah your jaw drop you're like wow that was the worst well you gotta think that movie took place in what the, in the 60s? 60s yeah so i mean okay society aside currently but yeah for the time piece that line fit perfectly because that was like you know that's like the double dog dare you line in a christmas story like, <laughs> yeah that was like the mic drop yeah <laughs> yeah once you got to a certain point and that was the line and it was you're just like whoa and yeah, it's just a great movie, great quotes. Yeah. The end scene where Smalls ends up becoming the announcer for the Dodgers and Benny the Jet Rodriguez is uh, getting up there in age and it's the pinch runner <laughs> and the Jet stole home. Aren't they doing like a revival of it? Or they're bringing the, it back? The, Isn't, didn't, didn't I read that? They might be doing a series. Um, yeah something like that but i know they're involving some of the original people in it yeah i know specifically the guy that plays ham is involved with it (laughs) nice yeah i know that's a just a great great movie and then the whole scene the whole the scene before i mean the main reason i love it i mean like i said is it's everything about childhood but there's one scene in particular that just brings everything together from childhood and pure Americana nostalgia. The Fourth of July game, the one game they play at night because of the fireworks and Ray Charles, America the Beautiful plays. God, dude, you're giving me all the feels right now thinking about uh, that scene. Like, again, it's it's sort of everything like about baseball that bring makes it great and again romanticizes the sport <laughs> and the uh, and the country like. Yes. I would love to go back to a time and place when it didn't matter who we are, what we look like, where we could just be kids in a neighborhood playing ball and there would be fireworks and we could be eating snow cones. And ah, it's a very sentimental note, Eric, to put, put this on with. Yes. Beautifully done, sir. Thank you. Yeah. So that's our, that's our list uh, for the sports movie debate. Join us next week uh, where I think we're going to be going into our uh, the sports video game world. Oh, I can't wait. So this will be another... I'm coming for you, EA. <laughs> EA will probably get ripped to shreds. Yeah, if you're an EA producer, please sponsor us, but cover your ears. Yes. It's going to um, be bad. But we appreciate you listening, and uh, join us next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>